Hey, fabulous listeners. Today's guest is Q Fom Gray. I met Q through a Facebook group that we're both in that is filled with amazing women who all network together to just help make business a more fun and better place to be. I'm super excited that Q requested to be on the show because I think she is a perfect fit, especially for season one. She has some amazing insight and wonderful advice for women everywhere. I'm just so delighted that she decided to join me. Please check her out at qfomgray.com and I'll be sure to put that link in the show notes below. Enjoy. Hey friends, you're listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. I'm your host, Desiree Wolf. I've got something to say, you've got something to say, so let's get talking. Hi Q, thank you so much for joining me. When you submitted your questionnaire, I was reading the responses and thought, I have to have this woman on my show because she seems like a badass who's ready to share a message. So thank you so much for joining You're welcome. me. welcome. I'm totally excited. I totally appreciate the, the, the fact that you got me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Who I am, you know, anymore. I, I don't, I used to never reveal this until two years ago. I'm a refugee from wow. Vietnam. Came here when we were really young, the entire family, my, my parents brought us here from Vietnam due to this little thing called a war <laughs> and, you know, grew up here in, in, in the U.S. And of course we became Americans. I've had a wide variety of a career, but currently what I've been doing for the last 15 years is I've been teaching jewelry making nationally and internationally. So I'm a published author, currently published in, I have a couple books, but I'm currently published in um, a couple of periodicals like um, industry specific magazines and whatnot. So I teach jewelry making. That's awesome. (laughs) How did that come about? Oh, that's always an interesting story. I started making jewelry about 20 years ago out of necessity. I used to work for Neiman Marcus of all places and um, I couldn't afford the jewelry. So I started making it. Next thing you know, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail, 20 something year old. I can do this. I can do better than anybody else. So you start making it, you start selling it, you know, and that was back in the nineties and, and then it all sort of went awry as life took over. And then when the um, tech bubble burst, mm-hmm in the 2000s because I had gotten away from retail, went into technology, it burst. I had to look for something else to do. So I started making jewelry again, started selling it. Next thing you know, I have a store. Next thing you know, I have two stores. Next thing you know, we have a web company and then my husband's working for me. And then, and then, and then it's just this huge evolution. And then we got rid of the stores. We still have the uh, distribution company. And then I turned it into teaching and teaching found its own legs. So it just keeps evolving. And now we're doing virtual. Oh my God. Now you're onto the next stage. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You talked a lot about envy and working in with women and that kind of dynamic in, in women, kind of women heavy industries. How has that affected your business? Well, okay. First of all, let's back up two seconds here. Throughout my career, from my 20s, that's been true. And I feel like that's historically true too, Mm -hmm. is that when women become successful, they become a source of envy and people are throwing rocks to try to knock them down. 
Okay. So fast forward to where we are now, you know, it feels like, well, it's not, it's not just a feeling it's been proven. I have proven it in, in my career in the last few years that I'm just out there doing my thing and I'm trying to do the best that I can to pay the mortgage. And if that means success, that's what it is. If you want to call it success, it is what it is. Right. And what, what I find is even though I'm independent, people will talk and they will say very nasty things. Not just people, women will say very nasty things about someone they've never even met. It's not like I'm on a stage, you know, putting myself out there. Well, until the last four months, okay, (laughs) let's be clear, okay, until the last four months, I was on the stage. So, but they're already out there, and they're doing, saying negative things to knock you down. And how does that affect business? Of course, that affects business adversely, because we all know, right, Desiree, that one good review, it does not take hold like a bad review, one right. bad review will just destroy you, unlike one good review, right? So even if you had 100 good reviews, if you got one really bad review, it's, it could potentially ruin you. Right. And that's what these people do, is they go out there and they, they say nasty things like, oh, yeah, I mean, literally, I heard from someone that I was a bitch. I'm like, I haven't even met you. <sighs> Man, I'm a bitch. What happened? Why do you think women do this? What's your take on this? I I think I think women are insecure. I do. Yeah. And and but you know, before you started the recording, you said yourself that you are combating a certain amount of insecurity. Mm -hmm. Okay. But yet, but yet, my impression of you is you're this confident person right? You know what you want. You go after what you want. But in your head is this insecurity. And I'm not completely clear where it comes from. Because frankly, I literally wrote this this week. I am the most confidently insecure person you'll meet. (laughs) I can relate to that. You get that, right? And I am so insecure and I worry all the time. But yet there's a certain part of me that says that insecurity is what makes us better than them. Okay, is that we can own our insecurity and go, okay, you know what, I'm insecure and and I'm going to keep working at getting beyond that. And but yet their insecurity is to work to pull you down so they can get ahead of you. Do you look at other people and go, oh, well, Q, you know, she's doing pretty well. I'm going to knock her down. No, you introspect. I'm assuming (laughs) I introspect and I go, you know what, what am I going to do to make myself better? Yeah. Not what, how am I going to destroy you to make yourself better? So I don't know why they do that, except I feel like that's the easy way out. Because then if you don't look at yourself, and looking at yourself is really hard. It's that mean girl syndrome. Mm-hmm. Of we we got to be mean to everybody else to show how cool we are. Right. But then if, but again, if you don't introspect, if you do introspect, maybe you find out that you're not as good as you thought you were. Well, and I, I think that's the big challenge. I think they don't want to find that out. That's right. Agreed. So, so yes, it affects my business and that's how it affects my business because then I can't garnish more students because that's how I make my money is mm-hmm. by teaching, right? Yeah. To students. And so if somebody goes, oh, well, I heard from an instructor or someone else that's, that's seemingly my peer that she's not, you know, that she's bitchy or she's this or she's that, then they have taken away from my business and my, my ability to make money. 
I have been in industries that were both male dominated and I have been in industries that were 99% female. And the one thing that I learned being in a male industry is I worked for a law firm that had four partners and I would travel around with each of the partners to all their seminars. And I always sat in the back of the class when the other one was teaching and I would, I would ask them kind of random questions. And it was so funny because I, they, they have this playful combatism where, you know, one's better than the other, that kind of thing. And I actually said to one of them and I said, oh, he's getting more cheers than you. And he looked right at me. He goes, I don't give a shit. It's not about him being better than me. He goes, I, I got to sell more and that's all I give a crap about. Right. There you and go. If, it, but if, but if that were women, <laughs> I, she would immediately go into a place of, oh, you know, well, this bitch up there, she's, she's lying or she's not, you know, she's not doing what she's supposed to do, that kind of thing. So it always amazed me how, how men were so much more, well, fuck that guy. I'm just going to do better where women are. Fuck her. She's a bitch. (laughs) You know what? Now that you're saying that it it made me think of something. Okay. So we talk about systemic racism, Mm -hmm. right? So here it's the same thing. It is systemic and you can't call it feminism because feminism is female empowerment, right? Right. What's the opposite of that? When June Cleaver, a systemic June Cleaver, right? That, that these women, it's still in their brain that this is how it should be. And therefore we should criticize for somebody who's vocal, right? Someone who will speak their mind. Mm -hmm. Women shouldn't do that. We should be wallflowers, right? Yeah, yeah. Look pretty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Loud. Oh my gosh. What? Hello. Um. You know what? I I've been accused of yelling in a classroom. <laughs> Same. Yeah, and it's like I yell. Oh, oh, yeah. I know. I yell when you're pointing a torch to your face from across the room. I yell. You know, right. when you're about to burn your eyebrows, I'm yelling. Okay, that's for sure. I don't know if you know, but I work with torches. Anyway, so, like big torches. So, but yeah, I, that's when I yell, but outside of that. So they still have this impression because I'm firm, because we are firm about what mm-hmm. we're saying. We don't go, oh, sorry, sorry. You know, the apologetic female? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's Do you not apologize? <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> I did. When I was in my 20s, I yeah. stopped that shit, didn't yep. you? Yep, yep. I think I was about 35 when I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of saying I'm sorry for being me. Oh, you know? you're a late bloomer. I am. <laughs> I am. And that's, that's why I decided in my 40s, I've got to, I can't be the only one that, does, that has, is done apologizing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember I had, I was in my mid-20s. Um, And I had just been promoted at a hotel to the catering manager. It was my first serious management role. And I get called in from the GM and he, he sits me down and he goes, Desiree, when you're sending your emails, you make people cry. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, maybe you could be a little more fluffy in your email. And I go, I literally just saw this woman in the hallway. I'm not going to then email her, good morning. I hope you're having a great day. And he's like, well, it just doesn't come off as very warm when you just go right into what you need. I looked right at him and I go, if I was a man, would you be having this conversation with me? And he looked at me and he goes, you need to get out of my office. 
And I go, okay, bye. Wait, I'm sorry. This was HR? This was the GM of the hotel. Oh, the GM. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, used to work, I used to work in hospitality. Okay. Hotels. Yeah. So, what what yeah. was it? Four diamond, four star. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I get what you're coming in the 90s. In yes. the 90s. Yeah. Okay. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. That's the first time I got fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I quit shortly after that. I was like, you know what? This is not. But I internalized that situation. Like, I may have been in my 20s and I may have been like, I'm not changing. I, did, I never actually said that to anybody. I just went, well, I kind of did the internal, well, fuck you. I'll just get a different job. It, you know, was, it wasn't until I was in my mid-30s that I actually started telling people, no, you know what? This is who I am. And I think that's made a huge difference of being comfortable in my personality. But I think you hit on something there, though, what you just said. Because, you know, as, as I'm going through what happened to me in my 20s, more or less same situation, hospitality, yeah. okay? Yeah. So you... We, that industry is another wackadoo industry. <laughs> but anyway, so it, it brings me to tools. Do we have the tools? Were we given the tools as women to think this way? And what was it that pushed you there? Mm-hmm. You see, because I was raised to be, as I would like, I like to put it, a senator's wife. Mm. Remember that old adage? Yep. Right? Yep. I was raised to look pretty. And to be a housewife, right. it, it is what it is. Not much was expected of me. And trust me, my parents are shocked out of six kids. Here we are. Um, <laughs> and the youngest, right? So, so what happened? What changed that? And frankly, I have an identical twin sister. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and we're both like this. Okay. Yeah. We're very out there. And if you do some introspection, you should be able to find out how you found the tool to do that. And for me, it was, frankly, it was abuse. Yeah. You know, you come out of abuse, it becomes something you you do. If you come out of abuse, you Mm -hmm. become something different. And hopefully you can own your own strength. But, But not everybody has the tools. Not everybody has tools to get A beyond that or even has tools to find the wherewithal to think for themselves. It's critical thinking too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think there's, there is something to be said for people who have a story and people who have been through the shit, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, the shit. Okay. That's a good one. Have you been through the shit? I've been through the shit. Yeah. Yes. Have you been through the shit? I've been through some shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> good one. So we know that there's the issue of, the people who have the envy and the jealousy and they want to knock us down. Why do you think it's important to surround yourself with, with the women who become your village or, or the word that I, I'm not so in love with the word anymore, but almost your own tribe that, that helps support you? You know, it's funny because I struggled with that. When I wrote that, I wrote tribe. <laughs> and I came back and I was like, no, it's a village. It is a village. Because I like that. I think, I think, first of all, tribe sort of denotes this uh, warrior attitude, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm not here to be a warrior. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I've struggled I, with that word too. Yeah. So I'm not here to be a warrior. I'm here just to be, and, and I don't want to be so cliche, mm-hmm. but I just want to be loving. That's all. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I just want to be and you know if we need to sit around singing kumbaya and braid one another one another's hair so be so it, be it. <laughs> you know and, and I don't want us 
and, and it's funny because we talk about the commune a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to start a commune and we're going to sit around and we're going to read and you're going to leave me alone, that kind of thing. Yeah. But commune also because of the 70s denotes a lot of different things. So that's how it came back to village. Why is it that I want to do this or why is it that I think it's important that we create this is because if you surround yourself with who you want to be, right, mm -hmm. you can only be better. Yeah. And if you surround yourself with people who are open to that, to just being, and, we, and I didn't define what being was. Right. Right. So if, if you can just be who you are, we all can learn from one another and then grow. And that's what villages do, right? Yeah. They grow. Yeah. They, they, you know, it, it takes a village. And again, it's so cliche, but it's true. It takes a village to be better because you can't be better by yourself. Because if you are, what are you? You're still alone. Yeah. And what's the point? What's the point of creating community without community? What's, how do you, you know, how do you make the world better? It, and again, I keep coming back to, I hate being so freaking cliche, but, <laughs> but isn't that what life is? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you know, we move forward together. Exactly. And even your, your innermost shy person, okay, the, 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 what am I thinking? The recluse mm -hmm. has a desire to be better. Yeah. Even your recluse is out there doing something to better the world, not just their cabin. <laughs> and, and even if they were bettering just, you know, you've got that cabin, you're isolated up in the, the mountains by yourself, right? Yeah. And you're making it better. No, look, you're making the earth better because you're not contaminating it. It is still a worldview, even though you're by yourself. If you think about it, right? Yeah. You're not alone. You're somehow affecting something else. You think you're not, but you are. Mm -hmm. You are. Having and that's that positive impact. That's right. Yeah. And that's what a village is about, I think. And that's why I, I think for me anyway, well, hell, they won't let me in there, so I'm going to create my own. Oh, yes. Yes. That's exactly how I felt too. Like all these groups of women I tried fitting in, I'm like, mm. you know, I, we talk about this a lot. My girlfriends, we don't fit into the mommy groups. We're not, you know, that's, that's <laughs> not us. So we're kind of over here. Like we're the moms who don't fit in, you know, with playtime. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and I've tried. Yeah. I, oh, I've tried. I've tried conforming. I, it just makes me so uncomfortable. Comfortable. I'm like, this is not me. And it's the same thing in, in the business world, in the online world, Facebook groups, you know, I'll, I'll join a hundred Facebook groups trying to find the one that makes me feel like it's kind of like, oh, these are my people. And all the ones that I'm not participating in, those are the ones that I can tell that I'm like, mm, these are not my people. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so exactly. I, I think it's more important, especially now, you know, people are afraid to talk to each other and, you know, we're not getting together in big groups. I think we, we have to have kind of that safe zone, that village that we can keep growing into. Where would we be if we didn't do that? Right. Yeah. We, we would yeah. just still. Yeah. <laughs> spinning. spinning. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Q, you ready for some rapid fire questions? Okay. Shoot. All right, let's do this. First question is, who is someone either in your life or even a celebrity that you admire and why? Oh, wow. I, 
I don't know. That's, this one's always that's... tougher tougher than than most people realize. <laughs> oh, oh, Michelle. I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> Love. Michelle was born with a birth defect. You're gonna make me cry. She has no arms and no legs. When I grow up, I want to be her. Oh, oh, I love it. I love it. She is a strong, amazing person. She can do anything. Oh, my God. Did I tell you? I teach with a torch. This is what we do. I watch this woman work a torch. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. That gets me right in the feels. Oh, my goodness. I she, bet you didn't she, know I was going to make you cry, huh? <laughs> <laughs> she can do anything. Frankly, I attribute it to her child rearing. This is how dog. we... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hilarious hanging around with this woman. She's now in her... She's a little older than I am. She's now in her 50s, right? She used to work full time. She has traveled all over the world, you know, I mean, it's, and I'll tell you a very quick story about Michelle that she shared with me. Okay. So she started a jewelry business because remember she called Jaws because she has no arms and no legs. I'm like, okay, that's great. (laughs) Good for you. And so I was talking to her, I was getting to know her. And she said, I said, tell me about your jewelry. When did you start? What's going on? And she said, well, oh yeah. So I started in beading and da, 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 da. And she goes, oh, and thank God that the trend had gone to big bees because it's so much easier now. <laughs> wow. Okay then. Good for you. That's great. <laughs> You know, so nothing's going to stop her from doing whatever it is that she wants to do and whatever it is that she thinks is important. And I guess I'm I'm crying because she's in a bad place in her life right now. And it just makes me, but we're going to send lots of positive vibes out to Michelle. So there, there you go. So, so, so there's, and, and, and another part, which comes right into what we've been talking about too. So Michelle, strong woman, nothing's going to hold her back a lot of things going against her, but yet she rose. That's what I want in my life. And what's yeah. interesting is talk about women taking advantage of women. She told me a story that just pisses me off. She said, yeah, so because of what she does, she's had people like me, instructors who have a name, come to her and ask her to be their TA, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So that they can go out and publicize it. Ugh, ugh, that's so gross. And what happened was, so she's been asked, but before she agrees, she says, well, here's the deal. I'll do it for you, but there will be no mention of who I am. Right. And then the interest goes away, huh? The interest goes away. I'm like, hell, I couldn't have you as a TA because you'd intimidate the crap out of my students, but okay. (laughs) Right? Right? I mean, come on. Wouldn't that that intimidate you? You can't do it, but this woman can. But this woman can? Yeah, Absolutely. So anyway, so there, I mean, you know, again, oh, that's women, a beautiful story. shame on them though. Yeah. Shame on them. Yeah. Shame on them, but good for her. Exactly. Yeah. Good for her. We're going to, we're going to celebrate Michelle. That's right. I love it. What's one thing that really pisses you off? Exactly what I just said. <laughs> this whole show, no. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> no, it, it pisses me off that people will make judgment 
without knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's not fair. Yeah. I yeah. agree. What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. Yes. It's mine too, <laughs> in case you haven't been able to tell. If you could share one piece of advice for women everywhere, what would that piece of advice be? Don't let the dogs get you down. Oh, I love it. That's a let the haters be the right haters, there. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Complete this sentence for me, Q. Being slightly unfiltered to me means? Being honest. Oh, that's a good one. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Honesty is not filtered. Q, this has been such an amazing conversation. I feel like I could talk to you for hours. I love it so much. Well, tell everybody where they can this. absolutely tell everybody where they can find you online if they want to learn more about you and your jewelry business and the badass woman that you are. <laughs> well, they can find me at uh, Q Talk on Facebook, the letter Q and Talk, and they can find me at QFOMGray.com. Good luck spelling that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I put the link in the show notes so everyone can get to it easily. <laughs> but I'm also on Twitch and YouTube these days. That's Yay. all new. You awesome. know, what's that about? I don't even know. But anyway. <laughs> Embracing the change of times. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. Q, thank you so much. Thanks, Desiree. You know, really good luck on your mission. I think this is fun. I think it's a good one. I, I really do. I really thank do. You. I just love you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Slightly Unfiltered. You can find me and all things Slightly Unfiltered at slightlyunfiltered.com or on Instagram. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Until next time, you badass bitches.